Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby, and we're two card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Hello. Hi, guys. How's it going? Um, How's it going to you? Um, I'm going well. Uh, It's a fucking hot day today, isn't it? It's the hottest Ooh. day of, I mean, it's the hottest day of the year, but it feels like the hottest day maybe ever. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. Do you know what I mean? Do you know when no. there's hot, the hottest day of the year is coming, generally you know about it? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, tomorrow's the hottest day of the year, blah, 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 and you make plans. I didn't realise, and it hit me, sideswiped me, yeah. and um, I just wasn't really prepared. My weather app said it's going to be 23 degrees today. It wasn't 23, was it? Considerably higher than that. Yeah, it wasn't 23. I had visitors. So we had visitors that arrived yesterday, stayed overnight, left this morning. Then I had visitors that arrived this afternoon. And, you know, obviously people that come to visit you when you live by the beach, they want to go to the beach. Yeah. And, you know, when you're just like, guys, this, even that they've got a little doggy and they were like, oh, poor little Rosie's paws are going to burn. And we were like, okay, we're really like, this is, we're really trying to do this and it's probably not a good idea. Yeah, let's just stay home and drink water and ice. And Verve Clicquot, which is what we did. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I can drink in this weather. I went for lunch with some very nice people um, who might be listening. Hi. Hi, guys. Um, And yeah, we didn't drink and I'm really pleased because I feel like I'm not going to die. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, well you know um it was it was those kind of visitors where it was like you know yeah. you had to kind of offer a drink and yeah. i'm not the kind of person that just has verve clico in my fridge by the way um i oh. did get it as a gift from another visitor right um who i think brought it on the chance that they were hoping that she would end up drinking it but she didn't she didn't so i had it today instead um, um i i quite like the idea that you just have verve clico in your fridge yeah one of them no yeah. definitely not um, can I tell you about what I'm doing right now? Please do. I just got out of the shower and I'm literally sitting in a towel. Oh, saucy. I feel, I feel saucy. Do you feel refreshed though, mainly? I feel so freaking refreshed. Yeah, but I'd quite like a shower. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Mm. It's a nice, cool it's shower. Probably my best idea. Mm. I mean, yeah. Okay, well, maybe when I finish this, yeah, I could get straight on that make that happen action that shit yeah anyway guys it's tuesday um (laughs) i hope you're all well yeah this is obviously we're speaking on the sunday yeah i hope it's cooled down since now i kind of do as well although i don't want it to rain um no i don't want it to rain i just want the temperature to drop by like five to twenty degrees My mum's visiting from Ireland, so I kind of want, you know, I want good weather. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a nice trip, but also just, yeah, a few degrees lighter. Than <laughs> there's, a, there's a really good Twitter account called No Context Brits, and um, they tweeted just a picture of a pie chart, and it was British weather, and half was blue and too cold, and half was red and too hot. 
Mm, does feel like that right now, doesn't it? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But then we don't remember the days that are just like tepid. No. You know, they just disintegrate in our minds. They do. These ones stick. Anyway, uh, we do have a show. We do have a show. Beyond our taking of the wedding, the weather. You know? Yeah. Um, we're kicking off with Liz. Liz. What's Liz talking about? She's answering more questions. She's answering a tough one this week. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a question that's... Yeah, it's mental. It's a question that has crossed all our minds, right? It's it's kind of talking about, you know, it's it's kind of like is what's the point? Like you know, you we're trying so hard to create something like a baby that that could cause us like a lot of pain. Not through being a bastard, but just like you know, it, it could it could make our the, the person who writes it makes it, like, writes it really well. I'm making them sound like they're not very nice. But, you know, it's, you know, sometimes, like, quite often when I was going through infertility, someone would go, oh, well, you know, there are too many people in the world anyway. So, and I'd be like, mm, fuck off. But it's that kind yeah. of big question. It Why is. are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, God, it's a big question. Jesus, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Um. And this answers very well. She, well she's very wisely. She's masterful at these she things, isn't she? She's you just a, a wise owl. She is a very wise owl. Then we've got an interview with the very lovely Dr. Belinda Coker. Yes, and she is the founder of Your Trusted Squad, guys. Your Trusted Squad. She was very honest. She was really, she was really graceful about it. Yeah. yeah you, know? she was. Um, you could get really impassioned about it, but she was very pragmatic. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's a very clever lady. So um, we hope you enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, um, I love. I my favorite bit is you just found girling about her business name. <laughs> I mean, you can tell I quite like it, can't you? <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> I just think if I'm gonna go through infertility, I want a squad on my on my yeah. on my side. You know what I mean? Yeah, we all need a squad. The squad. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then um, that is it because uh, Professor Tim is still on his holly bobs. Yeah. And, um, but that leaves us to say you should definitely follow us on the socials. Oh, please do. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Fat Negative. You can follow us on Twitter at Big Fat Negative. Or you can email us Big Fat Negative Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can pre order our book. You can pre order our book. Um, we, where, what stage are we at now, Emma? It's quite weird that you can pre-order our book because it's kind of still being edited. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> so we've handed in the second version yeah. that we've made our edits to. Yeah. It's now gone to some some very clever people. Yeah. We're going to make it even better. Who hopefully know a thing or two about science. Yes. Well, yeah. Professor Tim's already read it, so yeah, fair, it's obviously yes. fucking shit hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But it does feel mad that it's just like you can buy it even though it's not finished. You know yeah, I mean? that's a bit mad. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah. well, I've never written a book before, so this is a new world for me. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can also buy one of our T-shirts if you fancy it. They say, just relax in really big letters. And I really like wearing mine. Yeah. Um, I wore mine so, the other day and felt quite proud. Did you? Good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, so if you want to buy one of those, you can go to our, there's a link in our Big Fat Negative Instagram account on our link yeah. tree, they call it. Link yes, and tree. also on our website. And also on the website. Yeah, which is bigfatnegative.com, um, where Fat you can also find a link to pre-order the book. You can find links coming out of everywhere. Yeah. Every orifice. Yeah. Um. Well, that's nice, isn't it? It's lovely. Let's um, all just sit here and think about orifices for a minute. Yeah. Okay. Think can... about some orifices. We'll leave you guys to listen to Liz and Dr. Belinda, and we'll catch you at the other end. Hi, friends. How are we doing? Um, this week, we've been contacted by a lady all the way from Canada. So it's, it's an international podcast, this one. And I don't normally read out um, the entirety of the question, but I think it's really important in this case. And while I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a trigger warning here, I would certainly say that this lady is being very brave and honest and probably voicing a lot of the things that we sometimes are afraid to, to speak openly. So this lady has been trying to conceive for about three and a half years and they've done seven rounds of Letrozel and three rounds of IUI. 
and are about to embark on their first round of IVF. And she writes, I work as a paediatric nurse and I work with children who are severely ill and complex, ranging from severe autism, congenital heart disease, severe global development delays and extreme preemie babies who are born as young as 23 weeks. Lately, I've been really affected by the parents of these children. I see their pain, anguish, trauma, stress. I see the devastation that comes from chronic and sometimes fatal diagnoses. With all of this in mind, is it worth it? Is everything we're doing to try and have children worth it when there can be so much pain and hardship that comes from having those children? How do you remind yourself through fertility treatments, disappointments and the heartbreak that comes with trying to conceive that it's worth it? Do you ever worry that if you're able to have a baby that you'll be able to handle it? I don't know if this is a precursor to me being a terrible parent. It can just be so hard to remind myself when I'm holding a parent in my arms while they sob that all the pain I'm dealing with now with infertility is worth it, even if it causes me more pain in the future. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. I mean, when I first read this, it kind of, it really kind of resonated with me because... I definitely have those feelings of, is this even worth it? And I don't even, you know, I don't have the same first-hand experiences as, as, as you do. So I cannot even imagine how challenging and difficult it must be to see this sort of sadness on a regular basis and then be dealing with your own, with your own struggles. Um, but my first thought that came when I when I did sort of read your questions about, you know, is it worth it when there is all of this potentially all of this sadness or this sadness for these um for these parents and I can imagine that if you ask those parents their answers would be absolutely yes because while they got while they have had to experience some absolutely devastating and just emotionally tumultuous times, they've also got to experience the joy that comes with having those children. Um, and those small moments of joy, I would imagine, mean so very, very much in the darkness. Um, I think for me, the only thing that I can sort of compare it to, I guess, is that I often feel that we have a really lovely life, Nick and I. We have some great friends, we have great family, and you know we have a beautiful home that we've worked hard for. We have careers that we both really enjoy. And I sometimes think to myself, gosh, do I really want this? Is, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit too honest here, but sometimes I think that's necessary. I think to myself, am I only doing this because that's what society expects of me? It expects me to want to have a baby. It expects me to be maternal. Is that the reason why I'm driving this forward? And I, I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you, but I do know that when I see my friends with their children, I do have that pang of envy. I do want to experience those things for myself. And I guess to some degree that is quite selfish. And But I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that's a bad thing. And I don't think it makes me... You know, to have those concerns and those worries. I don't think it makes me a bad person I think I think it makes me human and I think on the same vein you wondering those things and being immersed in that sadness and that devastation and that just really bleak world which can I just say as a complete aside I think is so amazing that you put yourself out there like that especially when going through um you know the pain of infertility but maybe 
because you're so surrounded by it, it's very difficult to see the light from it. Um, I don't know if you do have those sorts of relationships with some of your patients or some of your patients' families, but I wonder whether or not it would be worth asking a question, is it worth it? And I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty confident that they would put their hands on their hearts and say 100% yes. 100% yes. Um, I think the other thing that you mentioned was that you were concerned that you were going to be a terrible parent. I think it's all really new. Like, if you get to that point, I think it's all really new. And from the clear care and love and dedication that you show to your patients and the fact that you feel so, so deeply for them and you are so affected by it... I don't think you're going to be a terrible parent. I think that you are going to be... And I think you're going to drive all of those emotions and that love and that dedication that you show your patients into your own into your own family. Um, I wanted to sort of... I wanted to speak about this today because I think, yeah, often we may have those dark thoughts of, not dark thoughts, that's not fair, honest thoughts about is it worth it? You know, why are we putting ourselves through this when actually, A, we don't know what the outcome's going to be and B, we don't even know what's on the other side. We don't even know what parenting looks like because we've never done it before. Um, And so I think actually having that conversation and being able to openly say, of course I have those doubts. Of course I get worried and of course I think why on earth have I ploughed so much of my time and my effort and my money into this thing when I don't know what's on the other side of it and I don't think there's any right or you know I don't think there's any one answer but I think from the tone of your email and from everything that you give to your patients for you it's 100% going to be worth it because I think, you know, any child of yours would be lucky to be in your care um, and be parented by you. So I hope that helps. Um, and as, you know, always, I I don't have any sort of specific advice to give, but I can say that I've definitely had those thoughts and I'm pr- fairly 100% certain. I was going to say pretty certain and then I thought... Is that a bit is that a bit non-committal? I am 100% certain that you will do your absolute best for any child that comes into your life. So I hope that helps. And I hope that your round is going well and I hope that you're looking after yourself. Take great care everyone. Bye-bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Linda, hello. Hello, hi. Hi, how good evening. How are you? Are you okay? Good, thank you. Yes, I'm thank you. How are you? 
I'm okay. We've just had quite a stressful time trying to get on the stupid recording software. <laughs> but you stuck it out, Belinda, and that's why we love you. Made it. <laughs> We're all together now. <laughs> um, we start every single episode of the podcast by asking people about their journey. Can you tell us about yours? My journey began back in um, 2010. Um, mm. I have a history of endometri- endometriosis okay. um, and I was on actually kind of like a double whammy of treatment of the pill and um, the the head of the Mirena, the um, intrauterine coil. Um, yeah so I was having um yeah using kind of the combination and um I had been having problems um with my endometriosis and I'd had an operation um the Mm. year before Mm -hmm. um and so I was on that double therapy and as I came off that therapy um I think within six months um I had a huge um blood um cyst we'll call it cyst a sack full of blood um that just kind of ruptured and um yeah and so I had to have surgery on my ovary um yeah it's interesting because actually I was in hospital for five days what uh, in pain and actually I was Mm -hmm. ignored during that period of time um so we ended up having to go to a different hospital um, discharging yeah yeah is is a yeah a horrible story um maybe for another day but it was um but but as, as a result I had this ovarian surgery so I think that's probably where it actually began um mm. because that affected um well that, that later on that came to affect my MH uh but mm-hmm. um yeah so initially um started off actually it was all fine I thought oh this is great um after a year um, I became pregnant. It was, uh, you know, just like bang dot a year. I'm kind of, you know, 90% oh. of, you know, population. This is yeah. great. Um, and then I had a miscarriage at, um, mm. was it just six weeks? Mm. Um, so that was my first miscarriage, mis- miscarriage. So I kind of oh. haven't really been expecting it. Even though I'm a doctor, I've worked in Obs and Gynae. I, I used to work <laughs> in the pregnancy unit. I just, yeah. I started bleeding, but I just thought, I'm just going to go as a precaution. I didn't really expect it, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and so I had that for the first miscarriage. Um, mm, sorry. And then I didn't conceive for, well, I didn't even have a period for six months um, after oh. that. And then I didn't conceive again um, until I had IVF treatment, so a year and a half later. Okay. Um, and then sadly I had that second miscarriage, so that was another missed miscarriage. Um, and then I had, um, quite a few cycles of, of, of IVF, um, Mm. and actually I didn't conceive again for another two years, which I conceived naturally. Um, so twice in one year, um, and both times it was really good because I had a heartbeat. So I saw a heartbeat in both of those pregnancies, but I still lost the pregnancies. Um, so... Oh, so God. yes, and then after that, I didn't become pregnant again, even though you had um, a few more cycles. So I think in total, I had nine oh IVF cycles. Oh, wow. um, lots of steroids, lots of intralipid therapies, lots of uh, yeah, lots of different different types of treatment, different clinics. Mm. It's been a a whirlwind roller coaster of um, yeah of of just yeah difficulties you know it's been mm. yeah painful in the last couple of years we have been trying for surrogacy um treat uh, well, right. to, to to take that journey um I did I decided that adoption actually, I think both of us didn't really want to pursue adoption although we did try initially um yeah it's such a hard decision it is it is it just didn't feel right for me it really yeah. doesn't and my husband wasn't keen really in the first place. Um, so, yeah, even the surrogacy journey hasn't been so easy. Um, uh-huh. Not that any of these journeys are easy and none of them are really, you know, the kind of first choice really. But um, no. it's, yeah, we are where we are, which is at the moment just, you know, kind of still 
hoping and wondering every day whether Mm -hmm. you know when this will actually happen oh my god that is quite the story um I mean so just to kind of go a step ahead then you you started your trusted squad can you tell us about that um well I'm a GP background and I have always you know seen I started off training in obstetrics and gynecology and sexual health. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, and because of my background in in women's health, I would in general practice. I would do contraception. I would counsel for yeah. maybe termination of pregnancy. I'd see. I'd do mm-hmm. the six week checks for the young babies. I'd see the mums for postnatal checks. So. Um, so pretty much as always looking after patients, you know, people that are having children, people that are having families. Um, and as we said, there were times when it was hard, it was particularly hard. It must be unbelievably um, hard. Yeah. Yes. I suppose, especially when kind of hear of the, the patients that didn't, you know, that, that became pregnant well, I suppose without trying or that didn't want to become pregnant. I think those yeah. were the, probably the hardest um sometimes I just be so confused and just wonder why (laughs) why this doesn't make sense um but um yeah so that's um so yeah so so I suppose that's always it's always been part of my um you know my working career has been helping you know looking after patients looking after people Mm -hmm. um so with your trusted squad um originally I, I wanted to I started off writing the blog um, with a view. My background is um, I am GP, but I also have background in, in digital health and providing mm-hmm. um, my uh, subject matter expertise and kind of in compliance and quality, making sure that services are safe, that um, thinking mm-hmm. about patient experience and um, and yeah, general yeah general safety. Um, and so, and I also did that a lot in, in digital health. So I would work in kind of the virtual services um, for GP practices and for um, for some of the digital health startups. Um, and so I started just writing about about the kind of gadgets and about um, the online services that that people could use, particularly for mm-hmm. women, to help improve their health and just to help them be able to. Um, you know, to be empowered, to be able to, mm-hmm. to actively monitor and, and know where to find the right trusted resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been interviewing quite a number of, of mums um, and um, and then it, it became women with who were experiencing infertility um, to just find out what kind of um, issues that, that, that they were dealing with. And, and actually I did realise that a lot of... A, a lot of um, People were having difficulty just knowing which where the feeling very overwhelmed by a lot of information. Yeah. Um, so much information, not really sure what to trust. Um, and and so that's partly why I started writing the blog. And then as I was doing more and more more work, some other things happened to me personally. My endometriosis got a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, reminded me a lot more of what I was going through in, in infertility. And I just became more drawn to wanting to to do more in the infertility space. And it was odd because I didn't even know at the time that there was, like, that I didn't use Instagram. <laughs> so I didn't know there's this whole community on Instagram. Um, and um, I had, I actually heard, first heard your podcast, I think, in 2018. Um, so long, long time ago. But mm. actually I had kind of, you know, tried to, I guess in a way distance myself I don't know whether that was yeah in that time I lost my mum there were lots of other things that happened mm-hmm. I just felt I needed some some space but it just felt so right that I needed to I felt this is what this is it feels like a calling actually it feels like I need mm. to I need to help you know other people I've been had these experiences and I have this expertise and I have so much knowledge about healthcare and about about how services work and about mm-hmm. how to to find the right information and about how um, and about what it's like to to live with infertility, um, um, and and I have networks at kind of very se- senior level, so 
this just seemed to just fit. And that's why I am now, I've set up the fertility concierge service, um, yeah, which so- literally, yeah, I came up with the idea in, in wow. December and I love it. And soft launched it in, in February. It just felt so right. And, yeah. and it really helped me get through a, um, a, a, a difficult time of the yeah. endometriosis. It was like, it was exciting and it just felt, yeah. Felt really Nothing like a bit of a distraction. I think that's why we mm. set up this podcast, basically, mm. just as a distraction from going through IVF. Um, yes. So, I mean, you describe yourself as a fertility, infertility con- concierge. I mean, what, what, like, how does that differ from like an infertility doula or a coach? Um, so this uh, particular service is run by me with some admin support, and so I, uh, with, uh, with a, a doula, um, doula will provide some advocacy work and also mm-hmm. um, provide support. Um, what I my role is 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 also providing support and and providing um, is. A kind of additional layer of of um kind of expertise and experience in that so I understand a lot about the clinical mm-hmm. side um and yeah. I've you know been trained obviously in you know attend Royal College of gyne- obstetrician gynecologist and BFS training um but also um it's a matter of providing uh a personalized plan um, really kind of really delving into what's what's happened um what what services are available thinking about mind and body there's mm. so there's just so much emotion uh, emotion in this in this whole process it's um you know really tough and, and I do find that a lot of women maybe mm. ne- neglect the mental health side of of as a as a GP are you able to refer people um, yes, that's that's part of the service. So what it is is um, is mm-hmm. those kind of recommendations as to what kind of different services. It's not just sometimes you may need a fertility clinic, but actually you don't always mm-hmm. need fertility treatments as your first port of call. Um, yeah, and and sometimes you may need to see a gynecologist, or you might need to see your, your partner, might need to see a urologist. Or um, mm. oh, thank know, God it, for it, you, because every everyone just gets. People just get sent straight to the fertility clinic, right? Yeah. So many times things could be investigated at least further exactly. if they went to a different specialist. Exactly. And and see that people may need fertility treatment down the line and you do want to become pregnant as soon as possible. Um, but once you go down the, I suppose, the IVF route, it does become so difficult, so physically and emotionally draining and challenging and and mm-hmm. just, with each treatment your chances particularly kind of after the you know the the, the three cycles do kind of diminish and it's just a matter of optimizing or doing what you can to optimize your your health and make sure that you are supported in and make sure you're doing the right things um even in terms of um timing sex i mean you know the, the, i i just find it really sad that there's so much pressure to kind of use lots of um, apps and and, mm-hmm. and hormonal and you know strips etc and then mm-hmm. there's pressure to kind of really understand your body in in a few weeks um, and then to start, yeah. and, and then time sex and then how do you know that you're doing it right um if you haven't kind of really got used to it and really taken some time um, that's what I try and encourage part of you know my blogs and on, my, on the social media for people to to start learning about their understanding their body at a much earlier age um, yeah. and then they maybe won't feel that pressure if they did you know come to this point but actually yeah. there are still so many other things that could be looked at and, and maybe um, many couples aren't getting that support at the early stages um, you know when, when they're just trying in the first year in the first two years um, so it's 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 covering infertility. The fertility concierge service covers infertility and and general you know, tr- fertility tr- trying to conceive. Um, and then the other additional thing is 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 just providing the kind of admin support. Um, oh my God, the admin. I, I, yeah, there's so much IVF men. Mm, exactly, and so you know, really, the the, the 
the service is aiming to take a lot of that off the hands. So to be able to arrange those appointments and to be able to help with the prescriptions and to be able to help, you know, just help make generally the whole process a lot less stressful um, yeah. than it is. I love the name because it feels like um, your trusted squad. It's quite energized. Like you guys, you know, a lot of the infertility world can be quite softly, softly, you know, whereas you're like your trusted squad where they, you know, the superheroes that you need to get this shit done. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I never intended to, yeah, to be like, a, you know, knocking the door down, kicking the door down, going, hey, I'm here with my gun. <laughs> that's what you need, though, sometimes. You need someone to walk in, like, yeah, slam yeah. open the door, exactly. stand in a power stance and demand something. Um, but, yeah, the name is really, um, you know, again, when I was interviewing, I was interviewing women, it, it just became apparent that, that actually everybody has their kind of individual small circle of people that they trust. And that may include a family member, often includes a family member, Mm -hmm. um, close friends. um, And these are people that will go to and get their advice. Um, And, you know, some people have experience and some people don't, um, but they trust them. Um, Mm. And so that's part of what, you know, that that's part of why I called it your trusted squad was that I intention was that I would be part of that trusted yeah circle yeah. um Aww. and they felt that they could come to me. I think it's great <laughs> can I like change the energy completely right now and pick up on something that you said right at the beginning which was you mentioned there that you know you were in hospital with endometriosis and a blood-filled sac had ruptured and your pain was being ignored and mm. Belinda I think every black woman we've had on this podcast has said something quite similar mm. um is there a problem with institutional racism in the NHS? Is is that why you think you were ignored? Uh, it's interesting. At the time, I didn't, it, it wasn't on my mind, but I couldn't understand why it was happening. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was being treated like I was a drug act, addict. And what? I hadn't, that, that's what it felt like, because what had happened was the, um I had been in hospital for quite a few days and I was in a lot of pain um Mm. and I'd asked the nurse I didn't see a consultant in any of those days it was really odd um and so I was just sitting in the room kind of just by myself (laughs) um Mm. and then um I decided I asked the nurse for some painkillers and she said that there wasn't a doctor available and this is a major teaching hospital in central London so I was like and I worked in a different major teaching hospital in opposite Gyne. So I didn't normally have two registrars um, yeah. on call. So I, I said, um, but that can't be possible. How can there not be a doctor available? Um, mm. Not in the hospitals, what she said. There isn't a doctor in the hospital. There isn't a doctor um, in the hospital. In the hospital. <laughs> it was really odd. That's a bad um, hospital. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just didn't make sense. So what I did was I called the switchboard and told them I was a doctor and I needed to speak to them about a patient. Um, and then I got through, put through, and then I said, I spoke to the registrar and I said, well, I'm a patient here on the ward and I'm in a lot of pain. Um, and nobody's been to see me. Um, can you come and see me? Um, and so I was given some, um, morphine by that doctor that night and that made such a difference. Uh Um, and the next day I felt like I was so much better and I was got up to wash and I felt like I could go home. But then because I'd been moving and I had this peritonitis called peritonitis, so I had blood in my, I have in my pelvis. Yeah. So I got into pain again. And uh-huh. when I kept ringing the bell for, for painkillers, um, they, they kept switching off the bell and then leaving me. Oh my um, God. And, and so after two and a half hours, my friend had driven from Amersham um, and my husband came and they wheeled me out of the hospital because I was just oh I was in so much pain and just crying. My husband called private hospitals. We were just that desperate. We just thought yeah. we'd just put it on credit cards and mm. <laughs> literally um, just get the help that that are needed because I just had no confidence um, in that. Um, and then I ended up having the the yeah the surgery. Um, there was about half a liter of blood in my in my pelvis. Um, so it was really, yeah, it was, it was a awful experience. Um, and yes, I, 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 it's difficult to know whether it was because I was, was black. I know that, um, you know, I know that 
I was definitely I I wasn't treated in the same way as I would have been had I been a doctor. Um, I wasn't dressed in the same way as I would be if I was at work. I you know I didn't look well. I was weaker. Um, I couldn't stand up for myself in the same way that I would be able to. Couldn't even stand up to be honest. So um, it was it it was. I'm not sure whether it's it's it was racism or whether it was just how maybe sometimes weaker people are treated. Um, but I did feel that if uh, with all my knowledge and my background, that if I could be treated that way, then how would other people who who had no idea what was going on be be treated? Um, did you make a complaint? You know, I did. I didn't. I did. I started. Mm. I wrote a, like a twelve-page letter, and I just cried and I cried. And I closed the laptop and I didn't send it. It was really odd. I was just so, I was upset. I just was, to be honest, I was traumatized by the whole experience. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And I think it took quite a few years to really recover from it. Yeah. yeah. So, So my intention was to complain, but it just felt so painful. Yeah. and it's actually after that that I became a medical director and I started dealing with patient safety and patient mm. experience and 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 I you know always ask myself you know you know what would have happened if I had made that complaint and I have had other incidences where I have you know I've been to any with pain and been turned away when I was pregnant mm. um, and I've made those I've made numerous complaints ever since. Um, yeah. And the, it's, it is just a, it's a, it's a tricky one because they, the, the resolution, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to make that much of a, a difference. Um, yeah, no, it's true. And also, you know, I, I've definitely been in situations where I should have complained, but didn't. Um, and it's because you are having to, when you're having to write something like that, you're having to relive a trauma mm-hmm. and it's horrible. You need, you need a lot of energy. You need a lot of energy. And, you know. That's exactly it. A lot of energy. And then remember still trying to conceive in all of this time. So it's yeah. Yeah. um, you know, and then having the miscarriages and then my mum had cancer and so there were so many there were so many other variables You've got that enough. were happening. Yeah. Um and I was still trying to kind of maintain this outward, you know, um exterior of I'm <laughs> doing really well as a sport director and medical director, you know, and yeah. I don't want to lose my job, but I don't need you to know that I'm, you know, having problems yeah. with, with infertility and, and recurrent miscarriages. So, um, yeah, it just, but at that time there, there was more I could have, I could have done if I had felt had the strength, I suppose. Um, mm, and, yeah. and I do find that some people have, different types of strength don't they in that kind of resilience um yeah some people yeah. just have and the rage that, that keeps going just felt, yeah you know but keep, sometimes you it, I, I, I was I studying for an MBA to say um so I was doing a, um for, uh, an MBA and working full-time yeah. so there was a yeah a lot going on somebody said to me today don't get bitter get better and that feels like what you did because you're like, okay, I'll start my own thing and I'll help mm. people that are in my position and like they'll be the fuck you, you know? Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. And and that's it. That I just feel that there's lots that I know and that I can help um, mm. help people. I don't want to say maneuver the system, but it is. It, mm. it, there is Not, a lot of maneuvering to do. Definitely is. Yeah, um, there's a lot of standing up for yeah. yourself and and pushing people to Ex- do exactly, exactly. Um, do you think that um because endometriosis comes up a lot and this obviously kind of this is quite well spoken about now but the kind of just the lack of care and attention that goes into endometriosis and the kind of the way it gets overlooked do you think things are improving um I only think that there is more awareness about endometriosis um but it does sound like the the lived experience isn't necessarily changing mm. um the part of the problem is that the, the nhs is so overstretched um and the waiting lists are so long um mm. and it can take you know over a year to get an appointment um and so 
so it's not necessarily that um you know that the doctors aren't doing the right thing although mm. you know many you know many people are, are having difficulties for even trying to get past the first hurdle um which shouldn't be a hurdle but it it, it, mm. it just does sometimes you know become yeah. a hurdle um but then then once you're in the system you're kind of waiting um waiting to be seen and then you have one appointment and then you have a scan and then you have to wait another six months yeah. to be seen again um or the appointment might get cancelled so it's mm. it's it's part of a system systemic issue as well yeah. um so i think when people are having treatment that there there is more guidance about it and there's there's more knowledge about it um but i'm not sure whether the the, risk, the service is is necessarily better overall yeah it's just so slow to change these things isn't it like yeah. you know any kind of change that's i guess that's why I've been writing at work a bit about um, the response to COVID and how lightning fast it was compared to anything the NHS has ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess maybe that's a lesson we can learn from COVID. Yes. Um, but, but then what's also happened is that that they had to make priorities. And, you know, and once you have your priorities, there are other things that, that have to take a, a lesser priority and we don't have enough kind of resource to make everything a priority unfortunately um and i think that's why so many digital health companies are being set up to try and solve these problems um to try and help you know to help kind of improve access um Uh to to care and provide improved support um at an earlier stage um so i think that's that's what so many of the Kind of entrepreneurs that I've met, you know, they're really trying to, and, and even doctors that are working um, in digital health, that are trying to to just work outside of the system to just try and help the system, you know, trying to help the NHS. Um, yeah. I don't know how much you know more capacity NHS really does have. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, that's a reality. Yeah, it's about what is it? Somebody really boring said to me recently. It's about working smarter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then, but there's so many moving parts, and, and yeah. the NHS yeah. is so big. It's um, a thorny issue. Yeah, it's a big mm. one. But I don't want it to be, sound sad. And you know, there, <laughs> it's it's you know there 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 are a lot of you know really passionate and good doctors and you know oh god yes healthcare professionals. Um, and when services do work, they do work really well. You yeah. Know? Um, and yeah. I, I do think that with with the help of of you know with some of these ex, external companies that that actually will see so much improvement um, mm. and and you know I think even what you're doing in terms of raising awareness it's just there's there's just so much more now mm-hmm. um, to to help all of us to be yeah. honest so that, that didn't exist when I first started my fertility journey. Yeah, um, so. yeah, and yeah. same to be honest. Mm-hmm. It has um, come long leaps and bounds yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since 2015 is when I started. Um, Belinda, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's been really nice to chat. Ah, uh, thank you for having me. hooligans now i think we haven't got it out of our system yet clearly no. putting a fucking flare up my ass and getting <sighs> photographed wasn't you know enough hooliganism for me last week when the sun found that guy i felt they so find proud him. they found him and they've apparently paid him eleven thousand pounds for his story oh wow, oh, wow. And i just felt so his proud story. of British journalism <laughs> yeah his story Lots of twists and turns in that one then yeah it just made me so happy. It's like a random guy. There's a picture of a random guy with a flare up his ass, and they tracked him down. And that's, wow, that's journalism. Box. Journalism. That is journalism. <laughs> just glorious. <laughs> I need to find that. I haven't seen it. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Um, right. There was also a really good in um, store like column by a guy who used to be a football hooligan in the Sunday Times. Oh wow. Okay. Or maybe just the Times. I can't remember. Okay, all the papers are like, let's hear it from the hooligans. Yeah, it's great. Right, makes me really happy. Proud of being British, proud of being a journalist. 
Oh, good times. Yeah. Next week we'll be back, as always, with as always. the fabulous Sophie Martin, aka yeah. the infertile midwife. Yeah, and she's she's telling us about her story because she's had you know quite a hard time. That's an understatement. A very hard time. Um, but also, she's talking about what it's like to have a job where you're dealing with babies and mom, new mums every day. Mm-hmm. Like how you do that, how you balance kind of going through fertility treatment, struggling to conceive with um, that day job. With that day job, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've had quite a few messages of people um, talking about that kind of thing, so we thought it'd be interesting to speak to Sophie about it. So yeah, that's one for next week. All right. See you then. Stay safe. Bye. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.